been on Broadway the last 50 years. Live new girls. I was stalking hoes in the center of town. Check it out, right here. This is Show World Center. I Welcome to Tales of Times Square, the tapes. I'm Josh Allen Friedman. In the late 1950s, Father McCaffrey, pastor of Holy Cross Church in Times Square, Lamenting the movie marquees on 42nd Street showing Boris Karloff flicks with names like Corridors of Blood and The Haunted Strangler said, I don't see how it can get any worse. Monsignor Joseph McCaffrey was known as the Bishop of Times Square from 1932 to 1968. A moral crusader against smut and unwashed bums, Father McCaffrey patrolled his parish like a cop on the beat. He castigated vendors of filthy books, wrote down objectionable movie billboards, and sent his scouts into the former burlesque theaters, on the lookout for any returning pasties and g-strings, and unwashed bums. He saw Times Square as a magnet for degenerates and criminals who gravitated there to satisfy their desire for obscenity. Father McCaffrey was also the police department's chaplain and was praised by J. Edgar Hoover for his anti-smut crusade. He helped convince Mayor LaGuardia to ban burlesque in New York in 1937. Thirteen Q theaters had to close. Minsky's on 42nd Street had Gypsy Rose Lee as the headliner, but they also featured the young Phil Silvers, Abbott and Costello, Jack Albertson, Joey Fay, and Red Buttons among their baggy pants comics. But Times Square did get worse. One day in the 1960s, emerging from a nude movie house where he had gone to administer last rites to a stricken Roman Catholic, he was scolded by a local citizen on 42nd Street. Fada, you're the fella trying to close these theaters, and here you are coming out of a dirty show. The Reverend Robert Rapalaya succeeded Monsignor McCaffrey as pastor of Holy Cross Church in Times Square. He spoke to me inside his rectory in 1984 about how his predecessor felt. He became very depressed, very discouraged about the whole thing. And uh, um, in so many ways felt helpless. Because I, I had breakfast with him about a month before he died. If the trend continued, he couldn't imagine what would take place on 42nd Street, so, um, but he did try to fight those things and he was all alone and as far as that, the newspapers were again, you know, were not in favor of this movement and it did get much worse by uh, 10 years later. A major transformation began to take place around 1968-69, whereby uh, 8th Avenue was loaded with wall-to-wall uh, I mean, girls. When I, when I first came over here, I mean, you, you couldn't walk. 
Father Rapalaya, born in 1925, was assigned to Holy Cross in Times Square by Cardinal Cook in 1972, just as Hell's Kitchen, the legendary melting pot neighborhood of immigrants, had turned into Hell's Bedroom. I'm blacker than you. About 1,200 prostitutes and their pimps canvassed 8th and 9th Avenues from 34th to 50th Street. That's an army of sorts. And like the NRA, they were able to wrest control of the streets. I have no idea what was the cardinal close mind. He just asked if I would go to Holy Cross's pastor. The whole area that was very, very negative, a lot of senses. Father Rapalaya's predecessor, Monsignor McCaffrey, referred to it as the Parish of Parking Lots. Through his tenure, he saw the construction of the Lincoln Tunnel, which demolished 91 tenements in 1935, and then there came the notoriously ugly Port Authority bus terminal in 1950, which further displaced the Irish working class in Hell's Kitchen, with leftover parking lots scattered where tenements had been raised. But McCaffrey still had over 900 children from Hell's Kitchen in his parish. His crusade against moral degeneracy, which began against Gypsy Rose Lee, Abbott and Costello burlesque, and even horror and Elvis films, ended with his death in 1972. You can imagine how defeated and demoralized the Bishop of Times Square must have been. But now, in 1984, unlike Father McCaffrey, the Reverend Rapalaya is not alone in trying to help Times Square out of its depravity. He's in frail health, but is active in community board planning, the 42nd Street Redevelopment Corporation, the Broadway Association, the 42nd Street Civic Association, the Mayor's Midtown Citizens Committee. There were 450 children in the parish when he took over in 1972, and now, 10 years later, 250 children remain in his parish kids who live in Hell's Kitchen. Holy Cross stands majestically at 329 West 42nd Street, and I could walk around the corner to Show World in about 30 seconds. We began pressing the city fathers for the, uh, the uh, observance of the law because most of the stuff out there was illegal. I mean, it's much more provincial than people ever realized. Uh, now, when you confronted all this, uh, not being aware of what, what the neighborhood you're coming into, did you see it 
began to see it as an enormous challenge or as just an overwhelming, depressing situation? Well, your first immediate emotional reaction is one of, of disappointment, discouragement, and depression. But then, you know, if you're looking at it realistically, uh, you look at it as a great challenge because the people who remain here, that, uh, you had a real obligation to them, and they were really lovely people. And we have an excellent school, and uh, I have a great devotion to the two, two children, and I felt that the ones who were being harmed most were the children, and that was one of the hardest things which we had to get across to the city fathers and to the police department that in this area lived families. I remember at one time calling the precinct and we were having something going on in the school and we asked if we could have uh, coverage and uh, the officer said, there are no children in this area, you tell me the truth. So <laughs> I said, well, yes, there are. Essentially, you're talking about approximately 250 resident right. children, right. Uh, which seems to be a... Also, there would be a, there's a public school, PS51, which is on 44th between 10th and 11th. There is a junior high school on 47th between 8th and 9th. And then there is another uh, junior high school uh, up on 52nd Street. Plus there's a new high school up there now. So there are a, a, you know, a fairly good amount of children living in the area. Father Rapalaya convinced the local liquor store to stop selling truckloads of wine to derelicts. He doesn't venture out at night without a police escort. But Showworld is Father Rapalaya's nemesis. Holy Cross is right around the block. Richard Basciano, the owner of Showworld and its empire throughout Times Square, said in 1982, I'm not an angel. I'm not sprouting wings. But I'll argue that this business is not a detriment to the community. In my previous Peep Show episode, I mistakenly said Mayor Beam closed show world for one day but it was actually closed for two weeks and apparently the street conditions actually changed show world is a porno supermarket and they're being closed it under a city ordinance but it was closed completely for two weeks now that corner and drifting down as far as here took on an entirely different seen, I mean, it was 100% better. It is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, it, 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 it attracts all kinds of people, that you name it, and, and Shower has it. And has you ever seen it? Have you ever taken a look? No. no. I mean, once again, all the traffic through these places is look at the marquee. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, what chances do you have of closing? Now that's not slated for redevelopment, and none of this store out parcels on the out. So a couple of things are happening. We're, we're trying to, trying to, whether it will be successful, I know, trying to get it in under the redevelopment. Secondly, is it's 
but alleged and fairly well substantiated that organized crime is behind it. They have had 97 obscenity arrests. And two of the, uh, the managers spent uh, jail time. So um, we, and Midtown Enforcement, everywhere, we're still actively pursuing, uh, trying to do away with it. And I think that two things. One is that good business tends to drive out bad business. I think when the, when the good business comes in, that maybe their source of supply, or whatever you call it, will dry up. Secondly, these people tend to trip up themselves. Uh, they become involved in interstate porno, which is a federal crime. And uh, there have been rumors around, which I have been trying to nail down, that there is some kind of gang organized group trying to uh, pick up young boys. Coming uh, from out of Showroom? No, no. But it would put an issue in Showroom. No, not coming out of Showroom. I, I think Showroom is astute enough and smart enough that they. are just on the borderline. And I also have tough, tough lot of lawyers. Yeah. What damage do you think that particular store does to the area? And to well, people who say, and this is still an attitude among some, the district attorney has made a complete turnabout. District attorney Morgan thought is not one of the greatest allies. Initially, his attitude was that this was all harmless. The attitude of the judges is, is still that it's harmless and victimless. But it has been shown, people who live here can testify that wherever there are sex-related activities, whether it be a business or street prostitution, there has been a comparable increase in crime. Crimes of assault, of mugging, of break-ins. Uh, I mean, we've had so many of them. So we are watching Showgirl very carefully, and uh, we are, in all likelihood, this fall we'll have a demonstration out in Long Island where, where these people come from. Oh. The biggest states out there will be homes. So you think that the, the most damaging aspect of it is the Stuff that goes on around it, stuff that well, is outside and as, as, as around it, around it. As it more so than what goes on inside. I have no idea what goes on inside, and I actually, as a priest, uh, you know, from hearing what people say, uh, you know, it, it, as a Catholic priest, so much of what takes place in there is sinful. But even apart from that, it is also illegal. Holy Cross Church was established in 1852 and is the oldest building on 42nd Street. An oasis of peace, and quiet, and prayer in the middle of the largest concentration of pornography in the world. It was surrounded by farmland, dirt roads, and horse carts when the Red Church was erected in 1870. It has an interior of marble, soaring ceilings with clerestory windows, mosaics designed by Tiffany, and a rare Skinner organ. 
It was also the legendary parish of Father Francis Duffy, the beloved chaplain of the fighting 69th in World War I. He was six foot four inches, an earthy guy, and all of Broadway loved him. He ran Holy Cross from 1921 until 1932 when he passed away. His statue is in Times Square near the tickets booth today, uh, opposite George M. Cohan. He was the most highly decorated cleric in U.S. Army history, portrayed by Pat O'Brien in the 1940 movie The Fighting 69th, the greatest regiment of fighting men in the whole doggone world, with James Cagney as a misfit soldier whom Duffy redeems. Regiment of Fighting Irish with a brilliant cast reliving the adventures of the most celebrated heroes of the Fighting 69th. James Cagney is Private Jerry Plunkett, the fastest talking, hardest hitting soldier in any man's army. Pat O'Brien is Father Duffy, the courageous fighting chaplain. It's Father Duffy, boys. It's Father Duffy. Take your hands off me, you big son of a banshee, or I'll knock your teeth down your throat. You'll do what? You heard me. Are you going to hide behind those five and ten cent stripes again? Perhaps their brave young spirits hear the bugles sing. It's hard to imagine what Father Francis Duffy would have thought about six foot two inch pre op transsexuals turning tricks outside his church. Black girls with big cocks and stiletto fingernails. Even the fighting 69th never encountered such obstacles. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Holy Cross is fantastic, like a science contradiction to everything around it. In other words, right a half block away, we have uh, some of the greatest evils in our society and strata of, of prostitute and transvestite, which has become quite a thing on the scene. Uh, they're involved in drugs, most of them are on drugs, and uh, most of your, your transvestites are involved in, in uh, assault and, uh, and, and robbery. Do you see them as being more dangerous than the uh, girls? Oh, they're more dangerous to, to the person. Uh, I mean, whoever their customers are, they are far more dangerous because I'd say 80% of those who deal with them are, are remote. And also, they're, they're men, so they have the strength of men, they're not uh, like girls. And they're, they're never, they rarely get a complaint against them, because the person who was mugged is so embarrassed. There were three agencies I was aware of that dealt with runaways and throwaways in Times Square. One was Covenant House, founded by Father Bruce Ritter, who was later exposed as a pedophile. Another was Port Authority Youth Services, which we'll cover in an upcoming episode. And then there was always Father Rapalaya, whose Holy Cross Church was always open, although it was only Ash Wednesday when, from amongst the hordes of fallen women on 42nd Street, Catholic prostitutes would venture in. When this area was wall-to-wall prostitutes, did you have girls coming in here to uh, pray or to be... Oh, yeah, we, we still have success in getting them out. Yes, but they would come in and start crying. Others would come in on Ash Wednesday. We don't really get a great kick out of it because it's a year they come. But they would have no intention of wanting to get out. 
they think, well, either everybody had ashes on the forehead that day and they wanted to be part of the group or they were Catholic and that was their upbringing. But we've also had them where they wanted help getting out of the situation. I've, uh, myself, I've uh, taken and put girls on buses a couple of times. I had to take them over to the Port Authority police station because they were very, very much afraid of the pimps. And uh, also I wanted to make sure that they got back home. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Our Father, who art in heaven, Mary, Mother of God, be thy name. pray for us, thy kingdom come, now to the hour of our death, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us, against us now to the hour of our death, to temptation. We have all of the social problems that besetting our country. We have, you know, we have the homeless, we have the, the discharged mental patient, we have the, uh, the drug addict. We have to 11 o'clock at night. Father Rapalaya cites at least uh, 15 instances where his life was directly threatened. There's a lot of nuts out there in Times Square. Just street threats or more yeah. formal? Well, I don't know. Uh, I think most of the nuts, I think about 15 people are going to kill me. <laughs> but uh, they're the most of the nuts. How, how do those come in? Have they been letters or phone calls? Or just no, you know, he goes to the door and, uh, well, we had a fellow that pulled a gun, gun on in the rectory. And uh, so I called the police and I said, if he comes back, called it right away, so he came back. And they arrested him. And I had a gun in court, and I had a gun in court, and he threatened me outside the courtroom that I was going to be wiped out. Any reason that they did, which is well, I, I had a number of them locked up for a variety of reasons. Aside from all the nuts, the Hell's Kitchen neighborhood that adjoins Times Square has almost as many nationalities as the United Nations. 
The remaining stores on 9th Avenue have been there for generations, like the Poseidon Bakery and Alf's Drug Store, Manginero's Restaurant, which was a little Italian kitchen that opened in 1893. They would soon all be vanquished by gentrification. I think there are more good people out there than there are bad people, and I think these people lived here, this was their home, they wanted to protect their children. Many of them worked in the theaters, worked in the local businesses, so that they, uh, you know, we were, we were always successful in keeping any kind of massage parlor or anything, what kind of them, and that was simply by pure vigilance. Uh, the only negative factor which we are working on is that the real estate, um, I'll call it vultures, right. real estate vultures has swooped down on the area and there was a, a real movement to drive out the uh, low and middle income people. They, they would uh, give eviction notices, they would harass them, no heat or hot water. We had one instance where they put transvestites and drug addicts in the building and tried to force them out as a form of harassment. Father Rapalaya, who told me he hoped to get back up on a pair of skis if he recovered from the blood disease he was suffering from, died at the age of 66 in 1991. If he had lived another decade, he would have seen that his district has completely ridded itself of the social ills it was famous for. But it all became a sanitized corporate mall, with nothing local or organically from New York left, excepting the physical Broadway theaters. And there is no red light district in New York City. This is Josh Allen Friedman for Tales of Times Square, The Tapes. Visit our website with photos and illustrations at blackcracker.fm. We'll see you next time on Old Broadway. It's Father Duffy, boys. It's Father Duffy. It's Father Duffy.